your Locked On Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we recap Game 1 of the West Division opening round playoffs against the Vegas Golden Knights in which the Wilds came away with a 1-0 win in overtime. We will break down every aspect of this game, some of the unsung heroes from the game, as well as uh, some interesting things to pull from Game 1 as we uh, now can see that the Wilds uh, have that one nothing lead heading into the second game of the series. My name is Seth Topal, host of Locked on Wild, veteran over 10 years of Minnesota sports coverage and content, including the last couple of years focused solely on the Minnesota Wild. Let's dive in. How we feeling, Wild fans, after a thrilling one nothing win in overtime yesterday afternoon against the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, this game had a little bit of everything, some tense moments for sure, unbelievable goalie play, and uh, an amazingly clutch goal to win it for the Wild in OT. Things started off rough. Not going to try to sugarcoat it any bit uh, to start off here today. Uh, The Wilds did not play really that well at all in the first period. Vegas dominated the uh, the time of possession they dominated in the shots department and uh, with the exception of Cam Talbot it seemed like everybody else was a little apprehensive and a little bit nervous to start the game but the Wild were uh, were able to overcome a ton of icings a ton of Vegas shots and uh, they weathered the storm to get through the first period with no score Wilds came out in the second period and played much better they got a ton of good scoring opportunities But uh, the big story of this game was the phenomenal goalie play on both sides as Marc-Andre Fleury and Cam Talbot traded amazing saves after amazing saves. So uh, it was a uh, heavyweight bout between two very good goalies. One, as uh, Cam Talbot himself said in the postgame interviews, uh, a first ballot Hall of Famer in Marc-Andre Fleury. And uh, Talbot able to stick with him all the way up until the uh, the end of this game. So uh, the Wild did bounce back there in the second period, and uh, despite that, still scoreless heading into the third. Same story as uh, this time both teams had good opportunities in the third period, but the Wild able to uh, hold Vegas off of the scoreboard. A couple of uh, power play opportunities for the Wild. They really could not muster anything, but their penalty kill was uh, extremely good in game one and so we head through the entirety of regulation with no score in overtime Jewel Erickson Eck says uh, enough of this time for us to take game one and the Wild do so winning by a score of one to nothing to capture the first game in this best of seven series to start off the Stanley Cup playoffs now a couple of uh, observations that uh, I wanted to especially key in on here uh, in this one, I just I thought it was fascinating to watch Vegas and the Wild the way that they both attacked this game. the uh, The Golden Knights made a ton of changes during the game, some lineup tweaks, 
and uh, just style of play changes as well, which I think showed you that they were feeling a ton of pressure to uh, try to win this game and uh, get off on the right foot in this uh, first-round series. But uh, Dean Evason held firm to what got the Wilds to this point, and it ultimately was Dean Evason's style that uh, that ended up getting the win. Yes, the Wilds started off slowly, but uh, they weathered that, and they were uh, they were able to uh, get the win here in uh, Game 1. So interesting, the different styles that we saw. Uh, we also saw several players, as we'll uh, we'll get into next segment, uh, we saw several players step up and uh, and play huge roles that I had keyed in on on the two-part playoff preview that we did with uh, Carlo Gonzalez of Locked On Golden Knights. So uh, a couple of players who really stood out uh, and had uh, amazing performances in this game. I think this was the best game for the uh, the Wild defense. Just a ton of blocked shots, and uh, it seemed like Jonas Brodeen and Jared Spurgeon were trading amazing play after amazing play. But uh, you had guys like Ian Cole and Carson Soucy. That line played tremendously well. Ryan Suter had maybe his best game of the season. And so uh, you talk about in the first round, uh, in the first game of a playoff series, as the, uh, the underdog playing on the road, all you are looking to do is keep things close, not get blown out in that first game. And if you can steal that first game, then that changes the dynamic of the entire series. And I don't know if um, this Vegas can't beat Minnesota mentality maybe crept in a little bit as the game wore on, but um, the Wilds were able to overcome as I said, just a ton of, uh, of little tweaks that the Golden Knights made throughout the game. They were able to overcome that uh, incredibly slow start. And uh, they were able to overcome one of maybe the best games I've ever seen from a goalie in Marc-Andre Fleury. So they, uh, they took all of those elements. They were able to weather every single one of them. And uh, a lot of times, all you have to do is just get out with a win and regroup. Um it's it's fascinating that uh, that the wilds all those things went uh, kind of went against them in this game and yet they still came away with the game one win all they needed was the one and they certainly got it in overtime coming up next as we continue to break down the game one win for the wilds we'll take a look at our three stars of the night and uh, we'll continue to break down some of the most interesting storylines of this game. Wild leading the series one to nothing over the Vegas Golden Knights. More breakdown is next here on Locked on Wild. But first, I want to talk to you a little bit about Credit Karma. Who doesn't want instant gratification? If you're looking for satisfaction, there's no need to wait. With Credit Karma Money, you could win cash reimbursements for debit purchases. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. 
Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Again, go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Continuing our Game 1 recap for the Minnesota Wild, winning one to nothing in overtime over the Vegas Golden Knights to take a one-game-to-none lead in this opening round playoff series. Let's get to our three stars of the night. Now, this is going to be three stars and a ton of honorable mentions, so bear with me here. We'll start with our third star of the night, and I'm going to give that to Ryan Hartman, who I thought had maybe one of his best games of the season. And uh, I had keyed in on it on the preview for the uh, the series in which I said that uh, Ryan was going to need to be able to stick with Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello. Um, I, I thought that uh, coming into the series, Hartman has had, you know, he's had some good games as, uh, as center for those two, but uh, he's also had some games where I thought, uh, the Wilds could have used a little bit more dynamic of a center to play with uh, Kaprizov and Zuccarello, but I thought uh, in Game 1, Hartman was as good as he's been all year. He was creating opportunities for uh, for both Kaprizov and Zuccarello. He was skating with those guys, and more importantly, he was using his defense to uh, help keep the, uh, the opposing line in check uh, and uh, was really able to help free up Kaprizov and Zuccarello to try to look further down the ice as he kind of anchored things uh, and helped out the defense. So I thought Ryan Hartman, the uh, the third star of the night for this uh, wild team. Second star of the night, I'm going to go to Jewel Eriksson-Eck, who scored the uh, the overtime winner. Got to go with the guy that scored the goal, uh, at least somewhere in this three stars. Uh, It was not uh, as good of a night as we've seen for uh, for the Jewel Eriksson Eck, Jordan Greenway, Marcus Felino line uh, against Vegas, but that's to be expected is that that top line is going to take a, a lot of the fireworks to try to help slow down Vegas, and so they did. And uh, you know, one one area that I think was just mind boggling to me is that uh, in the course of a, um, a a regulation plus a little bit of overtime game. The Wild had 71 hits as a team, and uh, Jordan Greenway had a playoff record for the Wild. Uh, I believe he had nine hits in the game, or at least he had nine hits at one point. He may have had more than that. But uh, that line tried to be physical throughout the game and tried to show Vegas that they were not going to uh, let them just uh, waltz all over them in the, uh, the opening round. And so you have those guys who are uh, really trying to um, just to offset that uh, that top Vegas line, but at the same time, it got to be overtime, and Jewel Erickson Eck able to cash in right in front of Mark Andre Fleury for the uh, the game winning goal. So of course he is uh, is part of the list and the second star of the night for the Wild. Third star of the night, I think you can probably guess at this point. It is of course Cam Talbot who had uh, his fifth career postseason shutout and uh, 42 saves on the night for Talbot he was up to the task 
all the way through this game, and uh, that was critical because, as I alluded to earlier, Wild didn't start this game off on a particularly right foot, yet uh, Talbot was ready, and he was able to keep the Wild in the game so that they uh, were able to you know, kind of shake things off, get back to it. Had that been, say, Devin Dubnik in net for the Wild, we could easily be looking at a 3 or 4 to nothing loss um, in this game because, you know, th- there were some incredibly difficult saves that Talbot made look easy. And that was, I think, the most critical part of this game is that the Wilds had a goalie who was able to stand up to Flurry. And uh, this was one of those classic whoever blinks first is going to lose type games. And uh, Talbot made sure that Flurry was the one to blink first. But um, he, he had some help as well as we'll get to with these honorable mentions. Um, but Talbot was sensational, and uh, that was by far his best game of the season and uh, a very good time for it on the road to uh, help steal one in game one. Some honorable mentions. Pretty much every member on the defense played uh, sensationally well. Uh, Ryan Suter had just a, a vintage Suter performance, as I saw a lot of people uh, point to on Twitter and he was uh, he was aggressive he was uh, he was confident I think was the biggest thing was that uh, he was confident in what he was doing and he did a great job of um, it, something that I think was really critical to the uh, the wild in this game and all three all four all six of their uh, defensemen helped out with this tremendously we we saw in the last few games of the season against St. Louis and we've seen it against other teams as well where when the action is behind the net and you've got players trying to, uh, to pick up the puck, the opposing team, St. Louis especially, would have one or two skaters that would just creep up right in front of the net. And uh, when the Blues got control of the puck behind the net, they just fire a pass to uh, whoever that skater would be, Ryan O'Reilly or whoever else. And uh, they're able to just redirect it into the net. And as a goalie, you don't have time to uh, anticipate that and make a play. But the Wild defense did a good job of preventing Vegas from getting those kinds of opportunities. They bullied the Golden Knights away from the front of the net. And uh, anytime there was a, uh, a chance for a Golden Knights player to try to set a screen to uh, get maybe a deflection goal, uh, the Wild defense took care of them, got them out of the picture, and uh, I think that was just vital to the Wilds being able to uh, have the success that they did is uh, to prevent those second-chance opportunities that have plagued them at, uh, at points this season. So honorable mentions for Jared Spurgeon, Jonas Brodeen, Matt Dumba, Ryan Suter, Ian Cole, Carson Soucy. All six of those guys played uh, incredibly well. And as I said, Brodeen and Spurgeon were basically just trading highlight plays um, at various points throughout the game. Brodeen had a uh, full-out dive to uh, prevent a pass across. Uh, Ian Cole blocked a shot and uh, smothered the puck to prevent a rebound attempt. The rebound attempts just were not there for Vegas either, which uh, was another reason that they had so much trouble uh, getting second and third chance opportunities to potentially score a goal. Is the Wild just, they gobbled up the puck and prevented any sort of rebound attempts uh, for the Golden Knights. So there are your three stars of the night. And uh, some honorable mentions after a uh, unbelievable one nothing win for the Wild in OT to take Game 1. 
Coming up next, we'll talk about some of the other storylines that uh, played out in Game 1, including the status of Zach Parisi. That's next here on Locked on Wild. But first, I want to talk to you a little bit about Built Bar, those delicious and great-for-you protein bars. They have nine amazing flavors, including coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So there is literally a flavor for everyone. Not sure what your favorite Built Bar is yet? Don't worry, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two each of the nine flavors. That's not even the best part. Most Built Bars are filled with 17 grams or more of protein, are only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and have only 4 grams of net carbs. So not only do they taste amazing, but they're also good for you. So if you haven't tried Built Bars yet, head to BuiltBar.com and make sure to use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your next order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Picture this, your favorite team just made the playoffs and you want to bet on them to be the champion of their sport, but you've got nowhere to go. Well, you clearly are not using betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action. The NHL playoffs are underway, the NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Major League Baseball is in full swing, so there is plenty for you to check out at betonline.ag. So before the next pitch, before the opening face-off, before the opening tip, head to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device to check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information as well. Do not sit on the sidelines, on the bench. Don't sit in the penalty box even a second longer. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their playoff push. So head to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use that promo code LOCKED ON at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Continuing to recap the Minnesota Wilds' one to nothing overtime win over the Vegas Golden Knights to take the first game of their series in the opening round of the Honda West Division playoffs. And uh, one of the interesting things that I saw from the Vegas side of things is a lot of uh, people that cover the Vegas Golden Knights saying, hey, don't worry. The Golden Knights were the better team pretty much the entire game. With a couple of bounces going their way, they should have won game one. And yes, that may end up being true. But uh, at the same time, doesn't that make the game one win all the more better for the Wild, considering that they weren't the better team? and that they were able to withstand all of the things that uh, that Vegas threw at them, the lineup changes, and uh, just some of the other subtle tweaks that they made, and Marc-Andre Fleury having the game of his life, and they still won the game? I don't know. I, uh, I kind of think that that makes it even better of a win for the Wild, that they uh, were able to, able to do all of that. They were able to win a goalie matchup, in this series. And that was another thing that I keyed in on in the playoff preview was that Cam Talbot was uh, was going to need to probably steal at least one game in this series and he has already done that uh, in the first game of the series. You would assume that there is going to be and especially as the pressure starts to mount, there's going to be more sloppy play from the Golden Knights and more opportunities for the Wild to take advantage. I would imagine that uh, Vegas is going to be incredibly frustrated heading into Game 2, so uh, we'll have to see how they respond to uh, losing the first game 
of the series on their home ice. Now, the other biggest storyline from Game 1, Zach Parisi went right back to a healthy scratch. Um, again, it's a, uh, it's a numbers thing. There, just, there really is not a spot for Parisi um, in this lineup at this point, considering the lack of production he's had all season. And so I, it, just, it further and further points to that there is going to be some sort of resolution in this, uh, this situation between Parisi and the Wild uh, in the offseason, whether that be a buyout, whether that be a trade, whether that be whatever other combination involves Parisi not playing here um, next season, I think that's the most likely outcome um, at this point. Parisi, he could still have some good hockey left in him, but at the same time, we really haven't seen it. He's had uh, a couple of stretches this season where he played well, but he's also had uh, other stretches where he just hasn't. And it's amazing to me how you look at Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter and two guys who coming into this season were in pretty much the exact same spot. One in Suter seems to have completely embraced the, uh, the role that he has been, uh, has been put into. And yes, I know Parisi is basically still playing starters minutes, but at the same time, there is so much less pressure on him with guys like Jonas Brodeen and uh, Jared Spurgeon leading the defense. There is so much less pressure on him to, uh, to do anything substantial. He just simply has to, to go in and play on any given night. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you've got Parisi, who just has not been able to has not been able to embrace that uh, third or fourth line role, um, and his production has suffered because of it. Now, he's obviously not, at least from what I have seen or heard, he's not creating any sort of ripples in the locker room uh, with his lack of production, but I would imagine it's frustrating for him to, uh, to not be a bigger part of this team at this point. But sometimes that's just the way it goes. And uh, he is 36, so you wonder if uh, Father Time is starting to finally catch up to him um, at this point in his career. I, I don't know. Either way, I think we're going to see some sort of resolution to this in the off season. And Bill Guerin may already know what he plans to do to uh, address that uh, with as plugged in as he's been uh, throughout this season. So that was, uh, I think one of the biggest observations to, uh, to take from game one and to just keep it in mind going forward. Because if there's one thing we've seen from Dean Evison, he really likes to stick to what has won games, what has been successful for the team this season. And at this point, Zach Parisi just isn't part of it. And yes, it, it is unfortunate for a guy who has, uh, has given the state of Minnesota so much uh, and has been productive for the Wild in the past. It's very unfortunate that he is not a productive member of this team right now. But at the end of the day, the NHL is a business, and uh, if you're not performing to the level that is expected of you, then you don't play. That's, that's just as simple as it gets. So all of that basically to say that the Wild lead the series now one game to none, and uh, are in a great position to take Game 2 and to send this to the XL Energy Center with a 2-0 series lead. How fantastic would that be uh, ahead of uh, a couple of games at home and a chance for the Wild to really push this series on its head and uh, put the Vegas Golden Knights in a very uncomfortable position. 
Coming up tomorrow on Locked on Wild, we will be taking a deeper look into Game 2 of the series. Some things that the Wild can sustain, some things they need to fix heading into Game 2 of the series. What we can expect from Vegas heading into Game 2 as well. Uh, so uh, plenty of uh, Game 2 preview coming up for you uh, on tomorrow's edition of Lockdown Wild. So make sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter as well, at Wild, And you can follow me on Twitter as well, at Seth Topes. Also make sure to check out Lockdown Golden Knights for a look at Vegas's perspective, recapping Game 1 and heading into Game 2 as well. Have a great rest of your day. We will be back tomorrow with a brand new edition of Locked on Wild.